Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. This is our week four recap and review. We'll bring in our man TDA Alex here in a second. But first, our rapid recap of the week. It's the rapid recap of the week. Texans in turmoil, and they no longer win games. Seahawks, Chiefs, Packers, Bills, Ravens hit the cruise control. COVID beginning to make things difficult. Are the Browns a contender? The Eagles finally fly, while the Cards have a broken wing. Whose D is worse, Atlanta, Dallas, or the Jets? If you merge them into one unit, could they stop someone thin? That's the rapid recap of the week. Hey, and welcome back. Uh, We got our man, TDA Alex, with us to do the NFL recap and review for week four. Alex? What's up, buddy? How's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, pretty fun week, week four, or I don't know about fun, but interesting week, and stories seem to be pouring out the more we get deeper into the week leading into week five. Yeah, it was a wild week. All right, so let's get into our top stories. Now this made headlines. All right, so the first thing we probably should break down is the Houston Texans fired Bill O'Brien this weekend after a 0-4 start. Um, I don't know if it's shocking, but I don't totally understand it. If you were, like, ready to fire the coach four games into the season, why did you let him make, I mean, off-season moves all off-season if you're sitting there ready for him to be fired? It seems a little weird, but I mean... You could probably see it coming, considering he was on the hot seat the last three years. Yeah, uh, it's definitely uh, one of those scenarios where having the coach uh, also operate as the GM isn't really good for the team uh, in the long run. Uh, there were those uh, reports that came out about the coach, uh, Bill Ryan and J.J. Watt, kind of getting into it after the game, and uh, that was right before they let him go. I personally kind of saw this coming this was a game that they should have won. Uh, we've talked about it extensively throughout the season that they had really bad luck when it came to the scheduling. So the first couple of games, them losing those games, we kind of expected that. But going into this season, week against the Vikings, you really thought that they should have won this game and uh, they would have at least somewhat stayed in contention within the division. But losing, I think, is what really... Uh, caused Bill O'Brien to get fired. Yeah, uh, 0-4 is just probably not acceptable, though, really, if you look at the schedule. I mean, other than the Vikings game, which is a road game in Minnesota, I, it just seems weird that you let him go through the whole offseason, make the ridiculous Do- DeAndre Hopkins trade, sign, you know, all those receivers that are now essentially doing nothing, Brandon Cooks, who, you know, I mean... I think that was like his eighth concussion he had last year with L.A., and you yeah. bring him in for nothing. Yeah, it's it was it was an interesting offseason. They made some moves. Obviously, they had to they had to get some uh, some weapons on offense after letting uh, DeAndre DeAndre Johnson go. Yeah, uh, 
the only thing is, I guess they're in a full rebuild. It's Hopkins, but it's okay. <laughs> I think you were DeAndre Hopkins. You merged Andre Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins into oh. one super receiver. <laughs> you think of receivers in Houston? And I mean, to be fair, yeah, I know. Um, the problem is, I don't know if they have a really a way to rebuild. Uh, going back two years, letting Bill O'Brien make that Lamsey Tunstall trade. Essentially, they gave up their first-round pick this year and the one that's upcoming with their second-round pick. Uh, they have no real cap space due to signing Tunstall and Washington and J.J. Watt and Merciless, and that was the reasons for letting Clowney and technically Hopkins you know, go. It just seems like they're in a pretty bad spot, and I don't know how they rebuild. It's at least now two years before they can really even start to add young players into the mix without any draft picks this year. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest part is definitely going to be, was the coaching that big of a, uh, of a deal when, when it comes to their record, because if they can start winning games now with uh, Roman uh, Cornell as the interim coach, if they can start winning games, they've got some really good pieces in place. And if they are a better team than what they've shown so far, then they might be okay in the long run for un- until they can start getting some more draft picks and some more money in their salary cap. But uh, I think the rest of the season is going to be very telling as far as what happens to Houston from this point on. Yeah. Uh, do you see any way you think they could get to eight and eight? You know, I'd like to say that they have a shot, but I don't see eight and eight, not after losing four. Well, I watched that Vikings game uh, probably about two hours ago, and their offense really looks bad, which is possibly some of the reason O'Brien went. He was calling plays, and they just – Watson didn't look good. He might show up later on my worst list, and I just don't – the defense has been really actually bad for about two years now, so I just don't know if they can bring themselves back. I'm sure – getting O'Brien out of there from some of the stories that are leaking out now might, you know, help team morale, but I think it'll be a struggle. Hey, if they can somehow fuse receivers into DeAndre Johnson, they'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> um, the one who comes out good in this is probably the Miami Dolphins who now have the Texans first and second round pick. Yeah, that worked out, didn't it? So, I mean, they're probably going to have two picks inside the top 10 and two picks inside the second round top 10 as well. So they look to be building for the future. I don't know about the Texans. Um, anything else on the Texans? Uh, I mean, Romeo Cornell, you know, he's a defensive minded coach. And really that's been one of the uh, parts that I think needed the most help. We don't know how much of an influence Bill O'Brien actually had, but it's interesting to see what they do going forward in the season, like I said, and that'll be telling as far as the next couple of seasons what they can expect. Yeah. Um, let's uh, just touch on the game overall. The Vikings seem to be getting a little better, judging from uh, last week's game. Their offense looked better, and it looked even better this week. Uh, the defense still, I think, is a little bit of a question mark. The Texans were on the like two-yard line to tie that game before they called some just ridiculous plays but what do you think of the vikings chance to 
throw themselves in the playoff mix or you think they're going to sort of be like this all year, beat bad teams, lose to good. And that's the thing is I don't really know how bad Houston really is. Uh, So it's really hard for me to gauge the Vikings. They're one of those teams. uh, There's a couple of them this season with that tend to start kind of shocking me a little bit and make me think that they've turned it around. And then before you know it, they throw up a stinker. And I think they're one of those teams that will mess with our heads by playing enough good games that we think they're decent. And then we take them and they come back and bite us in the butt. Yeah. Uh, if I gave you Arizona or Minnesota, who do you think better team there? Arizona. Arizona. All right. Yeah. So I think that's enough for that game and Bill O'Brien's career. We'll see where he ends up either getting another coaching job in the NFL. I think he might move to college. But let's move on to our COVID segment for the week. Uh, Tennessee had two more guys test positive. Apparently they were, for some reason, deciding it was a good idea to practice at some high school during the week. I'm assuming this game coming up is probably going to end up getting next. Uh I don't know. What do you think? You know, the interesting thing now becomes is uh, that they have already had one game postponed. And how many games is the NFL ready to postpone before it becomes a serious issue for the entire league overall? That's the question that's most concerning to me about this. As far as uh, them having those extra training practices, sessions that the NFL wasn't aware of, you know, pretty silly of them, especially in today's COVID-19 world. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just an unfortunate situation that they're in. They just keep getting more and more uh, positive results. And yeah. I don't know what to make of it going forward. The uh, Mixing this in, you know, uh, they forced – I didn't like it, but they forced that Kansas City Chiefs game versus New England to be played on Monday, and I was just like – why not postpone that? And it goes to a bigger question. Why didn't they, I mean, they had all summer to set the schedule where they could put in bye weeks specifically for everybody to, you know, have games where they can cancel it. Cause now they're, you know, Stefan Gilmore tested positive. There are pictures of him, you know, hugging Patrick Mahomes. And if you start having the chiefs, the Patriots, the Titans all, you know, kicking up with positive tests, you can't just move all those games and they haven't built themselves in a buffer unless they're going to start now. You know, they said that prior to the season, they had kind of worked up a plan uh, in case something like this happened. You know, I don't think that these are scenarios that you can plan out for. Uh, It's, it's just kind of coming from everywhere. And like you said, that picture of uh, Gilmore and Mahomes hugging you know, that's the golden boy right now in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. If he goes down with it, who's to say what's going to happen with the rest of the season? Yeah, uh, getting probably scarier by the week. I'm starting to get a little nervous if we're going to be able to finish that out, finish out the season, you know, on schedule. But hopefully we can get some control and maybe some protocols. Baseball, you know, started out a little sloppy and they seem to have been able to get it together so hopefully the nfl can get it together and we can continue and not have to make up podcasts during the week without any content oh yeah that'd be great wouldn't it yeah that's for the spring and summer all right so um 
Anything else you wanted to touch on Titans, you know, New England, COVID, positive deaths? Uh, just the one uh, Las Vegas Raider player that uh, tested positive. I don't believe that he was uh, part of the main roster at the time when he tested. So uh, I think that they're kind of going forward as if it's not really affected anything. So we'll see what happens there. All right, uh, we're at the quarter poll, so my last top story of the week is I wanted you to sort of pick your best, the teams you thought were going to be, you know, contenders for the Super Bowl in both the NFC and the AFC, and then probably uh, just give a couple list of our most disappointing teams so far at the quarter poll. Um, let's start with the NFC. I My number one team right now, for the NFC is definitely the Packers. Uh, I think the Seahawks are uh, probably slightly behind, but I just see a little more defense with the Packers, a little actually more offensive diversity. They can run, they can pass. Right now the Seahawks look like they're just, you know, totally pass first, and that defense gives me a little problems. What do you think? What are your NFC contenders right now? You know, I I can see where you're coming from uh, with that argument. I actually think Seattle is the top contender right now uh, with Green Bay just slightly behind them. Uh, I think that Seattle has probably a better defense when it comes to playmakers, just the ability to make some uh, some big defensive plays when it matters. As of right now, obviously Seattle is missing uh, their big safety acquisition from the offseason. Yeah. But as soon as he gets back, I mean, he's he's a game changer. Yeah, and I'll be curious what he what the team looks like when he gets back if that defense sorts to come around a little bit. Yeah, and like I said, I, I I have him pretty close. I just think that at the end of the season, if everybody if stays healthy on both teams, I think Seattle is slightly better than Green Bay. But um, I have Seattle and first place, Green Bay in second. Uh, surprisingly, I still think they could turn it around, uh, and I have. New Orleans in third. And then obviously I have a couple other teams that could be contending for that fourth spot, like the Rams, Tampa Bay, and even Chicago if they play like they did last week. Yeah, um, I had Saints-Rams sort of next in the tier there. Uh, I think the Saints will probably, you know, start to push forward. I like the way they look this week now, granted – it was versus our lovely Lions, who are, are becoming our team of the year for us. Um, the Rams I'll probably get to later. I was a little disappointed with the game this week, but I thought it might just be a little bit of a, you know, uh, a lot of travel the last four weeks. But it was the offense was a little disappointing, but we'll touch on that a little later. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely get to my analysis on that game in a little bit. It was a hard watch. I'll tell you that. Um, for the AFC, I, I, Kansas City, easily on top. And then I had like two tiers left. I sort of have the Bills, and then I have Ravens, Steelers next to them. And then in sort of a, I don't know what to make of them tier, the Titans, Colts, and Pats. So I think there are a lot of, there's the Chiefs way up there. And then I think there's probably about, six other teams that could fall anywhere. But with each passing week, I think the Bills sort of are starting to separate themselves a little bit, and I actually think they might be a little better than the Ravens right now. 
Uh, yeah, I have Kansas City, obviously, as my top team. Uh, they're still the cream of the crop when it comes to the AFC and possibly the entire NFL. Um, I My list originally had uh, Baltimore in second. Um, I still think they're a really good team. They did take a big loss, and they looked pretty bad against Kansas City, but most teams that play Kansas City look pretty bad. Um, so I had them at number two. And originally when I made my list, I had the Steelers at number three. Uh, just because I'm really high on them this season, I've talked about it continuously. But I swapped them out. I actually put Buffalo up on third. Um, they've been playing really good. Josh Allen has looked uh, a lot better uh, as the season progresses. He's making good decisions. Uh, he's quick on his feet. Um, I, I like what Buffalo is showing, so I had them as my number third. And you know, as it gets lower, uh, I actually have um, a few teams, but from all those other teams that could have taken that fourth spot, I ended up with the uh, the Colts uh, just because of that defense. Yeah, uh, the Colts are starting to weave their way into an upper echelon. I, I'm still struggling to understand the week one loss to the Jags. I think I'll probably struggle with that in my head for the rest of time. But I really like the way the Colts have looked the next three weeks. Yeah, I mean, as long as the offense keeps playing smart and uh, Rivers <laughs> doesn't play like Rivers that we're used to, uh, they have a really good shot of uh, being a good team. They have the defense for it. So we've seen it before. Teams with really good defenses and uh, okay play at quarterback winning the Super Bowl. Okay. So I think we have our, you know, NFC, AFC best so far. It pretty soft list. Um, we'll see how the season breaks with injuries. I mean, I had to push the Pats far down there because without Cam Newton, I mean, you saw that offense is just dreadful. Yep, that's exactly what I did. I just had them in my honorable mention section. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's get to our most disappointing team. I think we touched on Houston at the top. I'm assuming we both sort of had them somewhere in there. Houston definitely, but the two I thought were the most disappointing are Dallas and Atlanta. Um, bad defense probably is the reason, but Dallas should – it's just disturbing that they are – really a one and three team and really they should be zero and four if the Falcons don't totally melt and with as much talent as they have at least on the offensive side it's just disappointing especially the way they got just shellacked versus Cleveland this week yeah I broke down the uh, most disappointing teams the same way we did the quarters uh thing quarter column thing yes um I broke it down to NFC, AFC, and the in the NFC, I had also the Cowboys and the Falcons. Both teams, you know, really potent offenses, and the defense just so so bad. It, it, the teams have been shocking, but the Cowboys, I had them tied, and the more I thought about it, I, I had to move the Cowboys up as, like, my most disappointing one. Just... A lot of people predicted that they had a shot of going to the Super Bowl this season, which if you would have asked me prior to the season starting, I probably would have said no, but I wouldn't have thought it was far-fetched. I I think starting the season, they were definitely like a tier two team. You probably had, you know, your upper echelon, but ones who could break through. I think Dallas probably was on pretty much everybody's list. Now, you know, in hindsight, looking at that defense, it probably was ridiculous, but... 
it's just amazing. Uh, literally, they are going to have to probably score 40 points every game to even be in contention to win a game. You know, what happens when your offense just has a off night? You know what I mean? It's you can't depend on solely just offense to win games in the NFL nowadays. You know, it takes a little bit of both. Um, they're really bad team, unfortunately, especially defensively. The offense just can't make up for it. And like you said, if it wasn't for an onside kick, they're 0-4. Yeah. So uh, what did you have in the AFC? Houston, I assume, was probably somewhere in there. Yeah, I had Houston. Originally, I had them up there as the most disappointing ones. Uh, but because of the strength of schedule uh, that we talked about, I just kind of moved them down. But I have the Jets as the most disappointment, uh, disappointing team in the AFC. Just you expected at least a little bit of an improvement part, uh, from last season, and I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I sort of I saw that, but I just was like, that team's so sad. I can't even put them in most disappointing because I think they're just a terrible football team, and. I struggle to see how they're going to win games. And now we're going to get a little bit of a Joe Flacco experience, which might just somehow make them even worse. I think it'll slightly improve them ever so slightly, though. Are you that down on Darnold right now? You know, I'm just down on the whole team as as a unit. Like, I just don't think they were all meshing to, to show any type of improvement because any team doesn't matter how bad they are as the season progresses you see some improvement and I just didn't see it from them and I felt like there was no no meshing going on there uh, which leads to them not improving even the slightest yeah I, I agree I easily could have put them on most disappointing but I just had them as so bad that they don't even deserve most disappointing. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. They're they're really bad. But I, like I said, I, I just expected at this point in the season, they at least have one, one win. Yeah. All right, so that was our top stories for the week. Let's move down and break down last week's week four games. All right, so Thursday night, speaking of your New York Jets, they went down to the Denver Broncos 37-28. Don't have much to break down. I think we touched on it on Saturday's podcast. Um, the Jets do have the cards this week. If they were going to win a game, this would probably be one I'd circle that they theoretically have a chance, but I assume the cards are fighting for a playoff spot here, so they aren't going to take this game lightly, and if they have freebie wins, this is one they need to take up on. Anything you want to touch on on this game? No, uh, everything I had to say about the Jets, I've said pretty much every opening of the of the podcast this season, and <laughs> every be- every worst. Of the- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I have to say about them at this point. All right, we'll move off that game pretty quick. Uh, Baltimore went to the Washington Football Team and won thirty-one seventeen. Not much together, other than Dwayne Haskins is getting benched, which it doesn't come as too much of a shock. He's just not a good quarterback, and the Ravens sort of snoozed their way through victory here. I don't know if uh, Alex Smith is going to get a shot, but I'm sort of hoping he does get a shot. I don't know if it makes him that much better because I don't know that Washington has too many skill guys, but it would be fun to see Alex Smith get a shot. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think they have a lot of weapons, and that's partly why I feel so bad saying that Haskins is not good because he's he really doesn't have any weapons to to throw to, you know, and it makes it hard to play that position when you're basically trying to do everything yourself. You know, as a quarterback, you can't, you know, you can't catch passes. You can't run the ball. I mean, you can, but you know what I mean? You need, you need, you need weapons. And unfortunately he doesn't have them, but his play has been bad also. So you can't excuse not having weapons for the, some of the decisions that he's, that he's made. Yeah. I think the decision-making just, it never seems to improve. It's always bad decisions and throws that are just into coverages that you're like, what are you seeing here? Yeah. And as far as uh, Baltimore is concerned, you know, everybody expected them to win big. The line on this game was pretty huge, and I, I think they might have covered. I'm not sure. Um, uh, 3-14. Yeah, they just hit the cover. Yeah, so, I mean, they, they, they covered, you know, the line. But I think the most impressive uh, thing about that game and the Ravens in general was Lamar Jackson and kind of showing – because it, it was – kind of tight you know early on in that game until he started using his legs and it goes back to to you know my point of thinking that if baltimore tends to do more of what they did last season and you know running lamar jackson i understand you want to keep him healthy because he's the future but you know he also became the future because of what he put on he put out on on the field and that was uh he running the ball and throwing the ball and play action and you know, all these different things they could do because of his athleticism. I feel like they should let him do more of that this season and uh, they'll probably be better off in the long run. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, maybe they'll start to let him run a little bit more. But uh, I just, I can't gauge much from Baltimore here. You're going to gauge really Baltimore. I They'll win regular season games. You're going to gauge Baltimore in the playoffs and if they can win playoff games with that type of offense. So let's move on. Uh, pretty good game. Uh, the San Diego Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won 38-31, but Chargers looked pretty good. Uh, they let Tampa Bay come back. Brady looked, I'd say, solid. This was probably the best game I'd seen him play all year. But the Chargers also let them back in the game, and the rookie started out real well, Justin Herbert, but then they, once the pressure started to get on him, they sort of folded yeah, we kind of talked about this last uh, on the last show. We said that that defense was probably a bit too much for the rookie. And I have to come out and say it that I was really impressed with his play. Uh, I saw uh, one particular pass. Uh, I believe it was like a 50-yard pass. It went 50 yards in the air. It was like a 55-yard pass for a touchdown. You know, he threw it exactly where he needed to throw it. His accuracy was spot on. And early on in that game, he looked really good. But like you said, once the uh, pressure of that uh, D-line started getting to him, uh, it really kind of changed the pace of the game. Yeah, but uh, I'm uh, also they lost Austin Eckler, uh, I think, in the first quarter of that game. Yeah, that was big. So, you know, I thought they played pretty well. I, I don't think the Chargers are contenders for a playoff spot, but they at least seem to be moving in the upward direction, I think, in a year or two if Herbert continues to sort of improve and become a dominant quarterback in this league and 
basically if they get their defensive guys healthy, you know, they're without Darwin James and now Melvin Ingram on the defensive side of the ball, which, you know, is probably two of the top 20 players in the league on the defensive side of the ball. So an interesting game. Uh, I'm curious about this Thursday game with Tampa Bay and Chicago. I, I think that'll be more of a litmus test of where Tampa Bay is. I think, you know, Chicago's defense will put some pressure on him and we'll see if, you know, Chicago can garner some offense because Nick Foles, once again, did not look great as per Nick Foles never looks great except when he's coming in as a backup quarterback. Yeah, Uh, you know, and I think uh, as far as the Bucs go, they really, really do have to get Gronk going. Uh, He's a difference maker. Well, especially now that O.J. Howard blew out his um, uh, Achilles, so... Maybe maybe this garners him some more attention. I don't know. But, you know, if they can get a, at least a, a snippet of that Gronk Brady magic that they had back in New England, you know, they, they could be a pretty decent team. Yeah. All right. So moving on, uh, the Seattle Seahawks played the Miami Dolphins. And uh, Seahawks won 31-23. This sort of I treat in the same way as the Baltimore Ravens. Seahawks went down there, took care of business. The only thing is uh, you're starting to hear Tua whispers. Ryan didn't look great this week. So how many weeks do you think before Tua starts to get his shot? I thought they wouldn't put him in until about week 10, but the pressure's still sort of already starting to mount there. Well, because of the uh, injury history with Tua, I think that you, you you continue riding fits and that fits magic he didn't play bad you know he did pretty good the game was pretty close early on it wasn't until the end uh towards the end of the game that seahawks really you know closed the game but yeah you know he was keeping him in there he made some bad decisions but he also made some good decisions and these are the kind of things that you know uh sitting on the sidelines as a rookie you kind of watch and take in and uh it helps you later on once you're actually starting in the game I think you keep him on the bench a little while longer until you feel the need, like, okay, either we're completely done, we've got nothing to play for, or, you know, Fitz goes down. Yeah. Um, Anything to take away from the Seahawks? No, I just think that once they get their safety back, they'll be even uh, that much more dangerous. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings, 31, Houston Texans, 23. We already went over that game. Our favorite game of the week, the New Orleans Saints 35 versus Detroit Lions 29. Um, This game was fakely closer than it actually was. The Saints pretty much blitzed them, and the Lions do what the Lions do and sort of tacked on a bunch of points in the last five minutes of the game. Saints looked back to normal. Lions, I'm, I'm on a thin rope of trusting them anymore. What do you think? You know, I picked them to I picked them to beat Arizona, and they beat Arizona. And they make me look like I know what I'm talking about. You know, so I'm like, okay, let's go. You know, the Saints they've got some injuries, and the Lions are riding hot after that win. I'm like, okay, taking the Lions again. And early on, I'm like, yes, I look like a genius. They still are yeah. a very good first quarter team. <laughs> yes, they are. The problem's closing games out, man. You know, they. They could have won that game if it weren't for a few uh, plays. But I don't know. The Lions, 
I, I love to hate them and I hate to love them. I probably should have looked it up, but I don't know what the Lions are being outscored by in the second and third quarters, but I'm assuming it's by quite a bit. Well, surprisingly, this game was close in the first quarter and the second quarter is where it really kind of yeah. fell apart. All right. Uh, anything else? Uh, Saints started to look better. I assume Thomas probably be back in a week or two. And this was the first game where their defense started to sort of get pressure on the quarterback and looked a little bit better. I'll tell you what I liked. I liked the fact that uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton were able to put together a game plan that included other other players. Uh, you can't just keep riding Little Camaro the entire time. Yeah, Roquan it's, Smith and Sanders both had pretty good games this week. Yeah, you know, the thing is that Camaro, he's, he's an explosive player, but, you know, he's also a small player. And the more you keep utilizing them, you know, you risk getting them hurt or wearing them down. And where you stand right now, you, you're in a tight race in the division. So kind of, you know, put together a smart game plan like they did this last game. Wait till your main weapons come back, and then you become the explosive Saints that everyone's used to. Yeah. All right. So we'll get to our next game, probably the, I'd say the, biggest scoring game of the weekend the Cleveland Browns beat the Dallas Cowboys 49-38 was a little shocked by this um, especially the way the Browns had sort of were able to rush the ball certainly after Nick Chubb goes out I mean they were throwing running backs in there who I didn't even know were still in the league or (laughs) existed and they were still gashing them just a little shocked by how much Cleveland was able to run on the ball. I mean, if you watch the game, Baker wasn't even all that great in the game. He, It was all rushing, which just stunned me a little bit. Yeah, if you would have looked at his stats at halftime, you, I, did, I just didn't understand this game. Uh, I watched the majority of it until I couldn't watch it anymore. It, it was just... It was infuriating, uh, especially because I really felt that the Cowboys were a much better team than the Browns were. And as a matter of fact, I think I took them in some of our picks. I, I don't know. I don't even want to talk about it. It's just it, they left a really bad taste in my mouth. So if you hear me ever picking the Cowboys again, <laughs> remind me. Well, they do play the Giants this week. So, <laughs> yeah, it, and, you know, and I, I don't know. I, where exactly do you put the Cowboys right now? You know, their offense is, is is good. They've got a really good offense. They got a really good wide receiver. They got a really good slot guy. They have really good running back. They have good quarterback. They have a solid offense. The issue comes with the defense. They they can't stop anybody. You know, I, I heard some stats somewhere that um when an offense when a quarterback plays the Cowboys defense, their average QBR, the quarterback rating, is higher than uh, than uh, your boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> that's all right. I'll, your boy Patrick Mahomes. There we go. QBR. Um, that's how, that's how in all I am that I'm drawing blanks on you know, <laughs> the most explosive player in the NFL right now. I think you're saying everyone add Daniel Jones to your fantasy team this week. You, you know, potential for an upset special here. Uh, if I told you San Francisco, Tampa Bay, would you take the Cowboys over either one of those? 
No. Okay. Uh, no. Let's go to the Cleveland side of it. They're now three and one. An impressive start, but I'm not totally buying it. This was probably their most impressive game all season, but like I said, Baker wasn't all that great. I wasn't overwhelmed. Odell finally showed up, but I just don't know quite where to put Cleveland in this mix. They have a game versus Indy this week. I think that'll probably tell us pretty much all we need to know. What What are your takes on Cleveland so far? Yeah, they, they go from playing probably the worst defense in the NFL this year to playing probably the best defense. So I think this week's going to be very telling. The Browns, I'm not sold on them. Um, part of the reason why they won this game and looked halfway decent is because how bad the Cowboys defense really is. But I was on their bandwagon early on thinking that they had the uh, tools and the players to to make some noise. But I'm not sold on them anymore. I'm, I'm off that wagon, and I really don't think they're as good as this score shows they are. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I might change my mind if they can at least play well versus Indy. If they play well versus Indy, I'll believe that they can at least sort of hang with the upper echelon of the AFC. Just a heads up, that's what happened to me. <laughs> I didn't say I was taking them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the uh, probably the dud game of the week, uh, Cleve, or the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals won 33-25. Since he played okay, Jacksonville played okay. Both defenses are not very good, and... That's pretty much all I could take from the game. Anything you spotted in that game that made you interested? The only thing that the only thing I th- I took from this game as a positive was uh, Joe Mixon. Um, he played he played an outstanding game, but everything else, you know, I felt like Jacksonville should have won this game. Yeah, they were poised to to take this win, and and they came out and disappointed and you know kudos to the Bengals they I thought they were going to lose this game but they came out and they beat a bad team like they probably should have I guess yeah I I don't know what to take Uh, I am thinking about starting a petition to bench Joe Burrow this week versus the Ravens to save his life Uh, for the love of God do not put that quarterback (laughs) behind that line and get him murdered versus the Ravens. But this other than that... This could be his last week. This could be his last week. I, I, That scares me a tad. But I guess good win for the Bengals. Nice to get their first win of the season. They're now 1-0-1 oh, over the last two games. So I guess that's exciting. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. The Arizona Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers... The Carolina Panthers won 31-21. The Carolina Panthers continue to impress me. I mean, they aren't they aren't world beaters, but they play hard. Their offense is solid even without Christian McCaffrey back there, and I just like the way they play. I don't think they're going to fight for a playoff spot. I think they'll lose games to anybody who's a solid team. Pretty disappointed in Arizona. I think we both, when they started 2-0, sort of, thought they might be a little bit of a fraudulent 2-0 team but I thought they could go in there and at least beat Carolina and Carolina pretty much rolled them that whole game 
Yeah, um, like I said, I I thought they were definitely uh, a fake undefeated team when they were 2-0, and uh, that's the reason why I took the Lions to beat them in Week 3, which happened. Now, for this game, I still thought they were better than the Panthers, and I thought they would win this game. Uh, I was really disappointed with uh, Kyler Murray's performance. At halftime, uh, he had like under 60 yards, I think. You know, the stats, obviously, at the end of the game, you know, tell a different story. But that entire first half, you know, he was just really, really bad. And uh, the Panthers, they surprised me. Ever since McCaffrey went down, I thought that they weren't going to be any good. And I believe they're 2-0 and without him. Yes, they are. Yeah, you know, they've they've, like you said, they're a gritty team. I don't think that they're going to dominate any of the elites but you know they're gritty enough to to give a good team a good fight they're well organized and they play smart football now i don't know they don't have a lot of skills position guys you know their receivers are good not great their running backs right now are okay not great and teddy bridgewater is sort of good not great and their defense is actually a little bit better than i thought it was a lot of credit to Matt Rule, and that might come into play later in the show. Um, next up, the New York Giants at the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams won 17-9. Um, I watched this game, and I can't tell you how disappointed offensively I was and how the Rams play, especially coming off that Buffalo game where I gave them a lot of credit for fighting back and their offense seemed to look good. It looked good for about two weeks since that Cowboys game and was just pretty disappointed in the way they played this week. Now, some of that might have been travel. Some of that might have been you're playing the New York Giants. Let's not go all out here. But you should be putting up 25 points at least on the New York Giants. Yeah, they, that was another game that had a really high spread. And they just looked horrible. And I, I told you this prior to this game um, sometime in the middle of the week that, to me, the Rams tend to be a Jekyll and Hyde type of team. Uh, they play up to their opponents. If they play a bad team, they play a bad game. If they play a good team, they play a pretty good game. You know, somehow they're 3-1 and one right now, but you look at those wins, Philadelphia, you know, not that great. No. Uh, Dallas, I gave you that stat against of their defense earlier. Yes. You know, and now the Giants. I mean, this game, I was more impressed. Well, if you could switch them to the NFC East, they would be in first place. (laughs) This this is the thing about the Rams is that I was more impressed with the Rams in that loss last week against Buffalo than I was in this win versus New York. I felt like, the first half was going to be close, and it was close. I believe it was 10 to 6 at, at halftime. Yes, I think so. You know, and then uh, I thought that they would steamroll. They tend to be a better second-half team, which is usually why, even if they're losing, I still think they have a shot of winning because Sean McVay is really good at kind of cleaning up the mistakes that they, that they make in the first half and adjusting to the uh, game plan of the opposing team. Um, so I really thought they would roll the second half. And if it wasn't for that one 50-yard Cooper Cup pass where, you know, he went straight down the seams, uh, which, by the way, was a really good play. Yes. <laughs> um, 
if it wasn't for that play, I mean, Goff ends up with what, like 150 yards passing. I, I think so. I hadn't touched on how bad Goff was, other than that 55 yard play to Cup, but yeah, and he, he was, started off really hot. Yeah, like he, that that first series, he looked really good. You know, the offense looked like it was it was getting ready to steamroll, and something happened. I don't know what it was. Yeah, uh, pretty disappointing, but. I'll I'll mark it off as travel and just a bad opponent, and we'll see what they can sort of pop up with next week and see if they improve on that. Uh, next up, we have the Buffalo Bills at the Oakland Raiders. Buffalo Bills won 30-23. Pretty easy game, actually, for Buffalo. They sort of went in there, handled their business. Oakland was a little plucky offensively, but Buffalo just had too much on, 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 on both offensive and defensive. Uh, nice win by Buffalo, but... Nothing too shocking, I thought. Yeah, this uh, Las Vegas Raiders team reminds me to the uh, Oakland Raiders team. Of I wrote down Oakland ago. Raiders on my sheet. <laughs> you know, we're gonna have to start a little a little pot where every time we get something wrong, we throw some cash in there, and then at the end of the week, someone gets to enjoy. It. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, I might start by not writing the wrong city down on the, my sheet as I read it. It's okay. It's the first season, so you know <laughs> you get a pass. But the Raiders remind me of the Raiders of a couple seasons ago when they were a playoff bound team. You know they they're pretty good, good enough to win games, but they're really bad at times and make some poor decisions. And I think this is looking more and more like an eight and eight team. And, uh, you know, the bills are a good team. And I, I kind of said last on the last show that I thought Buffalo would win this game just because they were better. And, uh, that's all I can. Yeah. Really that was a good call on you. Game. All right. Moving on. Indianapolis Colts 19 versus Chicago bears 11. Indy's defense just smothered the bad Bears offense. I uh, thought the Bears defense played pretty well, but Indianapolis seemed in control of the game the whole time. Indy keeps getting better. Chicago seems to be getting worse week to week. I I just I don't know that Foles is all that much better of a quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he might know the offense better, but he's not able to execute throws and stuff. So I don't know really what to make of the Bears. Impressed by the Colts. What did you think? Yeah, the Colts defense continues to impress. Um, they do a lot of things really well. And as long as the offense manages the game and doesn't make any bonehead uh, moves, you know, they're probably going to win games. And this Bear offense, I feel like, is probably better with uh, Nick Foles at the helm. But he doesn't play like you say he doesn't play as well uh, as he does when he comes in as a backup so I think I figured out the solution for this team what they have to do is they have to start Trubisky bring in Foles for the second and third quarter and if you're losing you bring Trubisky back in the fourth you know for one of those Trubisky magical comebacks and that's how you're going to win every single game (laughs) well we'll see if they employ that strategy coming up Uh, all right moving on Big game on Sunday night. The Philadelphia Eagles, 25. The San Francisco 49ers, 20. The Eagles pretty much had to have the win. They are now in first place due to their tie. San Francisco D 
didn't look great. Nick Mullins wasn't great. I didn't understand changing quarterbacks. I didn't think it was so bad he got benched. But good win for the Eagles. I still don't know how much I trust them. The defense looked better than it had most of the year. The offense still is a a large work in progress. Yeah, as far as the Eagles are concerned, you know, you expected them to win this game. We expected them to win this game. Uh, I know a lot of people still had the 49ers winning, but we thought that it was about time that those injuries uh, started to kind of take effect, and they definitely showed. I didn't understand the uh, the benching either. Um, I didn't think the quarterback play was really that bad. Um, but overall, the Eagles did get the win and puts them in first place. Not much to celebrate uh, because I think that with the players that they have, minus the players the 49ers are missing, they should have easily won that game, and it was a lot closer than it should have been. Yeah, I agree. Um, All right, moving off the two Monday night games, the New England Patriots went to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs won 26-10. I don't know what to gauge much from this game. The Patriots didn't have Cam Newton in there. I thought their defense, you know, had a they had a good game plan, which you expect from Bill Belichick. But you just can't hold the Chiefs down for, you know, four quarters. They got their points, and there was really no way for New England to score. So I don't take really anything from this game until, you know, Cam comes back. I was really excited about this game. I was looking forward to it. Unfortunately, the that was before we heard about the uh, positive COVID test results for Cam Newton. Uh, obviously, it changed the uh, trajectory of this game. Um, had to be rescheduled. And, you know, even with the rescheduling, I didn't think it was going to make much of a difference. Uh, the talent drop-off was huge once you lost the quarterback. And as far as the Chiefs are concerned, I mean, they're a good team, and we kind of expect them to keep playing well. So nothing really to take away from this game. Yeah, uh, next up on Monday Night Football, Atlanta Falcons at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers won 30-16. to 16. Once again, not much to take. Atlanta's bad. Green Bay's good. Green Bay went in there, took care of business. Atlanta continues. They at least didn't get up and blow a lead this game, but they're nowhere near the level of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, all I can really say about this game is I thought that Atlanta's offense would come out a little bit more explosive it's understandable that they didn't with the injuries that they had to Julio Jones. And, you know, they, they were some, some of their key pieces were banged up going into the game. So it's understandable that they weren't as explosive. Uh, I feel like Todd Gurley is slowly getting a little more play time and he's looking a little bit more like Todd Gurley that we were used to seeing. Uh, he's still not quite the same and I don't think he'll ever quite be the same, but overall, yeah, like you said, the Falcons are bad, Packers are good, and yeah. Packers rolled. All right, so that's our week four recap for the week. Now let's get into our best and worst of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right, we'll start off on the offensive end for my best players of the week. Uh, Delvin Cook, he continues to just get better week by week, and really that Vikings offense pretty much just completely revolves around him. And... Honestly, right now, I think he's probably the best running back in the league, especially with Christian McCaffrey hurt. And then I also had 
honorable mentions to Odell Beckham Jr. He had a big game rushing and receiving and explosive plays, which, you know, if you got it every week from him, the Cleveland Browns might be a little better. And Aaron Rodgers, who just has been great all season long. What do you have for best of the week? For best of the week, I actually gave the nod to George Kittle, who had a big game, even with the uh, with the swapping quarterbacks. Um, he had 15 catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. He, with the uh, offensive weapons missing on that team, you would expect him to be a key focus of the defense, and yet he still manages to put up uh, big numbers like that. So he got my nod this time with an honorable mention for uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, who had 25 carries for 151 yards, two touchdowns, and also Cook, who torched the Texans. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive end, I had Darius Smith for the Green Bay Packers. Jay was just in the backfield all day long. Really liked the way he played versus the Falcons, caused Matt Ryan a lot of trouble, had a couple sacks in that game. And then uh, Aaron Donald, who probably should just be on the list permanently. I pretty much think he's the reason they won the game because they couldn't block him and they needed every point they could since they didn't really score I really like the way Aaron Donald played what did you have for the defensive side of the ball yeah for the defensive side I also had Aaron Donald I feel like he's such a big part of that defense Uh, that defense goes as he goes Um, he was kind of quiet to start off the game and then he got into a little confrontation with uh, one of the offensive linemen and that kind of set him off. And from that, that moment on, he just started disrupting everything back there. Um, but I also wanted to give an honorable mention to uh, Darius Williams, who just seems to be making plays defensively. Um, I believe this was the second time he picked off a pass, uh, either in the end zone or right near the end zone to uh, close out a game. So I thought I'd give him a nod too. Yeah, good call. Uh, my coach of the week was Matt Rule. Just We already went over it, but I really like the way Carolina's played. I've thought they've been organized and disciplined all year. I They don't have the talent of, you know, a lot of the teams and just thought they played well and really like the way they played on a two-game winning streak now. And, you know, theoretically, they're in contention for a playoff spot right now. Yeah, um, I, for best coach, I had uh, Sean Payton from the New Orleans Saints. I just feel like he did a really good job putting a game plan together that didn't heavily rely on Alvin Kamara, uh, especially with his big uh, wide receiver out, probably, like you said, for another week at least. So I, I thought that he probably put together the best game plan to get a win and stay within, stay in the race for uh, that division. All right, good call. Now let's move on to our worst of the week. Terrible, just terrible. All right, so uh, I got a couple offensive guys for worst of the week. Uh, Deshaun Watson, that's probably one of the worst games I'd seen him play. He had a few, you know, throws down the stretch to make the game closer than it seemed. And But he just, he looked off, he looked, you know, rattled, and he was, it was just a bad game I thought he played. And also on there I have the uh, New England combo quarterbacks, uh, they're just bad, really bad. And you see why they went out and had to get Cam. Yeah, um, you can definitely tell why they had to get him. As many uh, people thought that Cam was going to have a bad a bad season. Um, it's just showing how much better he is than what they had right there. But uh, for worst of the week, uh, I went with uh, Kyler Murray uh, from the Arizona Cardinals. 
like I said, uh, if you look at the stats for that game, they don't tell the whole story. That first half was atrocious. He ended up having 54 yards on 13 completions. And if it wasn't for Carolina's defense kind of taking their foot off the gas, he probably would have stayed under 100 yards for the entire game. Yeah, uh, good call there. All right, on the defensive side, I had the Arizona Cardinals, and specifically Devondre Campbell. Uh, He's taking my spot for Isaiah Simmons, who I think should be getting in there, the Clemson rookie. So I just didn't like the way the Cardinals played, and I didn't like the way that linebacker played who's, you know, blocking Isaiah Simmons, who I think could be a real game wrecker. Loved the way he played during his career at Clemson, and i just like Simmons to get more snaps. So that was my defensive worst of the week. Yeah, for defensive worst of the week, I ended up going with the entire Dallas Cowboys team. We can't do them every week. <laughs> no, it, it, no, no, every we had this uh, this conversation about the Atlanta Falcons yes. and the New York Jets. It wasn't about the Cowboys. I don't know if I can repeat myself, and I am, except that instead of Falcons or Jets, I'm saying Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. Cowboys They're, definitely were in there. They're atrocious, man. I think they've given they've given up like 146 points or something like that. It's it's really really bad, man. They're, yeah, they're it a is. Bad team. All right, so uh, my coaches, I got two. I got Mike McCarthy for the Dallas Cowboys. I I took them instead of the whole defense. Uh, they're a disgrace right now. If you had Jason Garrett in there, I they would still be one and three, possibly have a better record. And the way he left Green Bay, I don't really know how good a coach he is because Green Bay now the last two years is probably going to be the top record team in the NFC. So I'm a little hesitant to see how good Mike McCarthy is. And my other one is Charles Nagy, the Chicago Bears coach. Uh, They have no offense, and he's supposed to be the offensive genius under Andy Reid, and the only genius is Andy Reid, not Charles Nagy. You know, we we find we we kind of see this pattern go on with our worst of the week when it comes to coaches. It tends to usually be somebody who's brought in because they're either an offensive guru or they're a defensive genius or whatever it may be. You know, Dan Quinn. Um, but uh, for my worst coaches, I have uh, also Mike McCarthy. Uh, I feel like he did a really poor job with uh, the entire team as far as preparation goes. You know, he's got what a lot of people predicted at the you know beginning of the season to be at least a playoff contender and uh, he's making them look really really bad like potentially a last place team fortunately for him he is in the nfc east um but also on my worst coach list i had uh the depart departing bill o'brien on there uh you know he had a really tough schedule to start off the season but he didn't show much of anything and this last week was a game that they were supposed to win against a winless Minnesota Vikings team, and they just couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't pull anything off, and they looked really, really bad. So those are my two worst coaches for the week. Yeah, good call. Uh, it must have been a bad po- coaching week since we both had two coaches on the bad coaching list. All right, that's our show for this week. Uh, be sure to come back Friday or Saturday for our Picks podcast. Alex, anything you want to plug before we sign out of here? No, just the same old, same old. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I did a little giveaway this last week, and I might do some more going forward depending on how my Rams play. (laughs) All right. That's our show for this week, and we're out. We're out.